Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBrew podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Head of Market Strategy here at eBrew, and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer Enrique Diaz-Alvarez and Senior Market Analyst Roman Zuruk. Welcome again, everyone, to another episode of FX Talk, a slightly later recording than usual this week. We, we usually tape these on Tuesdays, though we wanted to wait until after the world's big three central bank meetings, which took place on Wednesday and Thursday. As tends to be the case, these were highly important for markets and led to relatively volatile and choppy trading. Most currencies actually traded within relatively tight ranges in the second half of January, partly due to the absence of of major news, but also in anticipation of these G3 central bank meetings from the Federal Reserve, European Central Bank and Bank of England. First up, we're going to talk about the Fed, which, as expected, delivered a smaller 25 basis point rate hike on Wednesday, having delivered a 50 basis point one in December. This was heavily telegraphed and fully priced in by markets prior to the announcement and there was no updated economic projections or dot plot. So the focus among investors was was fully on the bank's communications. The statement was little change from December. There was a bit of speculation that we could see a tweak to the language on ongoing increases to interest rates, but that was kept unchanged. Powell's comments, though, were rather dovish. He said that there was more yet to be done, but... He stressed that there was no desire to over-tighten, while saying that the disinflationary process in the US had begun. Markets reacted to this rhetoric by selling the US dollar across the board. The US dollar index was down almost 1% on Wednesday, with euro dollar breaking above the 110 level for the first time since April. The dollar has recovered quite sharply since then, and we're going to talk about why that has been the case shortly. Uh, but first, let's focus on the Fed announcement itself. So, so what do you guys uh, make of, of this week's Fed announcement, the comments from Powell and the general reaction in currencies? I don't know. I, thought, I think that, that uh, the market uh, has overreacted to this perceived dovishness. I think that, um, that, his, that the main focus of the meeting was to say, well, we have raised rates all the way to near 5%. Uh, it's been the fastest increase in rates in history, I think, or, or one of the fastest. Uh, inflation uh, is still very high, but now trending down. So we can afford to to take a foot of the break and wait and see. Um, I think that the message of the of the uh, of the communications was one of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we we are going to wait to see if this downward trend inflation continues, but uh, everything remains very dependent on on the data. Uh, and as as we have seen today on the with this massive job market report, which we'll discuss later, uh, it's not at all clear uh, that uh, federal policy is that the, the rate interest rate policy is now in a very restrictive setting. So uh, it's it's not fully clear that he, that the Fed has hiked enough to to ensure that this this downward trend in inflation continues downwards less um, I mean wages are, are going up but somewhere between four and a half and six and a half percent 
according to whatever me different measures. And in this context, uh, uh, we are going to see perhaps a pause or at least a, 25, uh, a series of 25 basis point hikes. But uh, I, I, I don't think Powell intended this message to be as dovish as the, the immediate market reaction uh, as seemed to assume. Yeah, I would agree that the uh, immediate market reaction was uh, perhaps a bit excessive. Mm, the tone still indicates that the um, Fed is likely to continue raising rates, at least in the near term. So I think that we are going to see another 25 basis points. And I think perhaps maybe even another 25 basis points, uh, but this will be likely data dependent. I think that the key is that they right now are recognizing disinflation in the US economy. This is in line with practically all of the indicators that we are seeing, indicators of um, core uh, price growth. And uh, in general, I think that uh, although they are still indicating that uh, perhaps they may continue tightening in the near term, that uh, they are also at the same time preparing the market for the end of the tightening cycle. Uh, however, with regards to market expectations and the Fed, uh, right now uh, I started uh, getting a bit more convinced that perhaps market has got a bit ahead of itself with uh, pricing in cuts uh, before the end of the year. Now, as mentioned, uh, the dollar was on the back foot following Wednesday's Fed announcement. Uh, but since then, we've seen a pretty decent recovery in the greenback, particularly after Friday's US payrolls report, which came in much stronger than expected. Uh, a net 500, yes, you did hear me correctly, 517,000 net jobs were added to the US economy in January. This was the largest uh, job creation number since July and almost twice the high, not the median, but the high estimate among economists. Wages were a touch weaker, but uh, the unemployment rate also fell to just 3.4%. Uh, now we're hot off the heels of this announcement. The data was uh, released ooh, uh, less than an hour ago at the time of recording. Um, but, but what are your guys' sort of quick thoughts on today's non-farm payrolls data? Um, it's, it's hard to overstate uh, the strength of the report. Also, it, the, the same strength in job creation was seen in the two separate reports, the household and the establishment survey. Uh, again, uh, the U.S. economy continues to operate at, at, at or beyond full employment. Um, wages are not really skyrocketing. It's a sort of surprising has to do the argument how strong the numbers are, but still uh, they are rising at uh, somewhere between four and five percent a year, according to to uh, to the report, which is not consistent at all with the two percent target of the Fed. Um, there's there's really no 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 hint of any recession or not even a recession, but even a pullback in growth in this number. So. The big question that we have, which is whether the Federal Reserve rates at 5% constitute a restrictive set in the monetary policy, I think that the job market may be telling us that it's not. It may be at, at best neutral, but not really restricted. Yeah, it confirms expectations that uh, we are going to see a 25 basis point increase at the next meeting. And I think it also brings into the picture a possibility of yet another increase. And uh, however, I'm, I'm not uh, super convinced that um, we are that this means that we are going to see more than this one or two increases. Uh, what I think, however, is that it uh, kind of 
plays into the idea that the market got a bit ahead of itself with pricing and cuts. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, the labor market in the US is very tight. And I think that uh, Fed would probably want it to be uh, slightly less tight to be sure that uh, its job is actually uh, done or close to being done. Uh, with numbers like these, I think that uh, they will still have uh, the word uncertainty at the back of their head. However, I think we also disagree on the wage aspect uh, with Enrique, because to me, when wages are rising lower than inflation, uh, this doesn't mean that uh, this is likely to yield a significant inflationary pressure. Also, inflation expectations are not rising. If they were rising, then perhaps this uh, would mean that the Fed would need to tighten more. But without that, I, I'm not convinced. I think that probably one move or two at best and then keeping rates high for longer. Yes, well, I have to say I agree with that, that, that last point in particular. I think that if we look at market pricing at the moment for for, for US interest rates, they're looking at sort of rate cut in November, December time this year. Um, and I think we all sort of agree, I think that's a little bit too early, particularly given how strong the, the US labour market is. Um, and, and the Fed has already indicated that it's probably unlikely to cut rates until 2024 anyway. So... I would expect that confirmed that when we get the next set of uh, interest rate projections from the Fed, um, and perhaps we might see that that first cut from the Fed sort of pushed pushed back into 2024. Um, no, I'm not disagreeing substantially with the with uh, Roman's view on the on the likelihood of further hikes. I'm just saying that over the medium term, we're seeing rates. Uh, inflation and wages all rising on a range of between four and six percent. Right, I think that there is the, the the danger for the Fed and what they're worried about is that we stabilize here, where uh, you know wages, rates, and inflation all rising above four percent, uh, which doesn't sound like much, but if, if it's very different from what the, the bond markets are pricing in. And if it were to materialize that inflation, wages, and rates are both stabilizing in the 4 to 6% range, this could potentially be disastrous for the uh, for the bond market. And I think that might be the... Uh, I, I think that that is a real concern in the Fed. And that's why we are, I think, extremely unlikely to see any cuts this year in rates. And I think that... Uh, whilst I agree that in the short term we're going to see one at most two more twenty-five basis point hikes, um, it's the direction of the next move after those two hikes is far from clear to me. I think that it could be a hike as well as a cut, though it won't happen anytime soon. It's an interesting point, and in the longer term, I think that perhaps we are we have entered a, a somewhat a new reality where uh, the rates would have to stay uh, rather high at uh, levels that would previously be um, unexpected uh, for a very long time, uh, not only in 2024, but perhaps even longer. Maybe we are going to stay with rates that are close to 3%. Super, great. We're going to move on now. And, and as I alluded to, it's been a very busy week in markets, not just for investors, but for analysts as well, ourselves included. Uh, less than 24 hours after Wednesday's Federal Reserve meeting, both the Bank of England and the European Central Bank also announced the latest policy decisions. Uh, we'll start with the Bank of England, which delivered a generally hawkish message 
following its meeting, but Sterling failed to capitalise and actually is on course for one of its worst, oh, on course to be one of the worst performers, I should say, among the G10 this week. Uh, the MPC delivered a 50 basis point rate hike, as we had anticipated. That was a bit of a surprise for some of the market, around about 30% of those analysts recently polled on Reuters were penciling in a 25 basis point hike. Uh, the vote on rates itself was also rather hawkish. Seven of the nine committee members were in favour of a 50 basis point move, with two in favour of no change, members Dingdra and Tenrio, as they did in December, voting in favour of no change. Uh, surprisingly, there were no dissenters in favour of a 25 basis point hike. We had expected at least one or two in order to vote for, for a standard uh, standard hike. The GDP forecast was also revised up. And the Bank of England now doesn't think that the UK economy, or now doesn't believe that the UK economy entered into a recession in 2022, although one is expected this year. On the flip side to that, Governor Bailey said that UK inflation had turned a corner, while the bank also removed the word forcefully in its statement when referring to future interest rate hikes. Uh, but what do you guys make of Thursday's Bank of England meeting uh, and the move lower that we saw in sterling following the decision? And once again, I just I think that markets are reading too much into the statements and the press conference and, and not enough into the actual moves and the fact that everything is so data dependent, right? Because uh, something that we've been harping on here for a while is that whereas in the US, you are seeing some definite signs of a downward trend in core inflation in, in Europe and in the UK, you're not seeing that yet. Um, so for me to to call the end of the hiking cycle in the UK anytime soon, before we see that downward trend in inflation, uh, both in the UK and, the, and in Europe seems very premature. So I will look more at the actual decisions and, and rates and the inflation prints that we get from the UK going forward than I would try to overinterpret statements in the press conference. To me, the Bank of England actually delivered a, a mixed message. I think that of the three central banks that we had this week, uh, Bank of England was the most dovish, despite hawking by 50 basis points on par with the European Central Bank. Because on the one hand, they hiked by 50 basis points. Uh, it was almost, uh, or most, you had a, a rather strong majority for that increase. They also revised GDP forecasts up. They assessed inflation risks as significantly to the upside. But at the same time, their language was not particularly strong. They said that the inflation, as you said, Matthew, turned the corner. So I think that they perhaps are still worried about economic prospects. They're putting uh, more emphasis on this than some other central banks. And perhaps there is a reason for that, as the UK's economic prospects, I think, are mm, a, a bit more uncertain. Uh, and also the expectations for uh, UK's growth are uh, a bit uh, on the downside compared to other uh, main economies. Mm, nevertheless, I think that uh, the Bank of England, as always, uh, muddled the water and you never know with them. Uh, I wouldn't be 100% sure that they are going to hike uh, even at the next meeting. Uh, and I think that the Bank of England, both communication as well as policy, is probably one of the main risks for sterling, uh, at least in the near term. Yes, I don't necessarily disagree with any of those points. But I think 
much like the Fed, I, I think the Bank of England uh, is keen at this point not to pre-commit. You know, I think they're, they're certainly keeping their options open, going to remain data dependent. Um, I was surprised um, that we didn't get more of a dovish dissent among committee members, given that we've seen a little bit of weakness in UK activity data. I, I did think that a handful uh, of members could vote for a 25 basis point move. Um, having said that, though, uh, the removal of the word forcefully in the statement, I think, is an important one, um, even if it's not necessarily an unexpected one. Um, this was sort of seen as the, the de facto signal um, for a 50 basis point hike. So the removal of this line all but confirms that the next move will be a smaller one. But as we've been saying, beyond then, uh, it's a little less clear. I, I, as we've been saying, I think all de- all of this depends on upcoming UK inflation prints, um, which as always will be not just highly important for, for the MPC, but also very important um, for the pound. <laughs> Lastly, we're going we're gonna to move on and talk about Thursday's European Central Bank meeting. I would argue perhaps the easiest of, of the three to call leading into the announcement, given that the communications from ECB officials leading up to the decision had been rather explicit. As was heavily telegraphed, the Governing Council delivered a 50 basis point rate hike, the same as December. Um, President Lagarde also gave a clear indication that another 50 basis point hike was likely on the way in March, though she did say that this was not a 100% commitment. Communications on the euro area economy were rather upbeat. Lagarde said that data had been better than expected. This is something that we've been saying uh, for a good number of months now. Uh, She also shrugged off the drop in headline inflation, attributing that to the decline in energy prices while placing greater emphasis on the core inflation measure, which as of yet has shown no signs of abating. Uh, The euro was actually weaker off the back of the announcement. Euro dollar slipped from its April highs, and at the time of recording, at least following today's payrolls data, is trading back just above the 108 level. Uh, So overall, a pretty hawkish announcement from Lagarde, but... The euro actually fell against his peers. Uh, why do you guys think that that was the case? And what do you make of the, the bank's communications? I mean, I thought it was unmistakably hawkish. And I was frankly a little confused by the market reaction. We had this, this enormous rallies in, in bonds, uh, in, in European bonds. Uh, we're seeing a bit of a counter trend move there today. But uh, I mean, just Lagarde just gave a commonsensical uh, analysis of the situation. Inflation in the eurozone remains very high. Core inflation, which to me is continues to be the, the key benchmark, is above 5% with no signs as of yet of a downward trend. In fact, if you if you measured it in comparable terms with uh, the U.S. inflation number, it would be above 6%. So in this context, there can be no, with, with rates still uh, with a three handle, there can be no 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 talk of a, of a pause in, in hikes. Um, when I looked before the uh, the uh, payroll report in the U.S., markets were pricing in a terminal rate of, of not even three and a half percent, which to me is is one of the clearest gaps between market expectations and reality we've seen in a while. I think that out of the three central banks, the ECB was definitely the most hawkish one. They not only uh, raised rates by fifty basis points, but also indicated that they are uh, going to do it in March and uh, that they are 
probably not going to end there, but likely tighten policy further beyond the uh, first quarter. Uh, I But I think that the press conference of uh, President Lagarde um, was perhaps a bit more mixed and there were some dovish undertones. I think that the markets are uh, over uh, are misinterpreting this. I think that this is just a, a, perhaps a communication mistake rather than a, a clear message that she wanted to send. Because for one, uh, she said that they expect to raise rates or they intend to raise rates in March by 50 basis points. But she also said that it's not a 100% commitment. So I think that uh, this uh, was perhaps something unnecessary uh, and uh, because it added an element of confusion. Uh, also, when you look at the uh, statement, the press release following the meeting, um, there was a fragment there which uh, stressed uh, that they are going to uh, see how the situation develops. And I think that also the uh, President Lagarde during her press conference uh, mentioned this data dependency and this meeting by meeting approach. And I think that the market is interpreting this as uh, somewhat of a dovish turn uh, in ECB's communication, although it has been present for a while and I don't think it's dovish. I think it's in nature uh, neutral. And uh, as you, Enrique, mentioned, uh, the Eurozone data is uh, far uh, off uh, from the comfort level. The core inflation uh, right now, it's stabilized, but at a very high rate, 5.2%. Uh, and uh, right now, there is no significant indication that the price pressures beyond energy uh, will ease significantly in the coming months. So I think that they were right to sound the hawkish message. Uh, I think that perhaps the communication wasn't as clear as it could be, uh, but uh, I would still expect a 50 basis point increase at the next meeting, 25 or 50 basis point increase uh, at the meeting in uh, at meeting in May, and then also uh, I wouldn't rule out further tightening. I certainly think that they're going to be the last ones to uh, end raising rates among the G3 central banks. <laughs> And that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit Ebreed's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more on during upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening. <laughs>